to the intentional bride, a space created to nurture your heart in God's love. Let's get intentional. Hey and welcome to another episode of the Intentional Bride. Happy, happy Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so excited for this particular episode because today is actually my birthday. I really give God all the glory and praise for this father that he has brought me. Honestly, I'm a walking testimony. So thank you, Lord. I just want to take the time to give you all glory, honor, and worship. For those who are new here, you can follow me on at Intentional Bride on Instagram or on podbean.com. You can subscribe. So let's dive in. I have been doing a series on grace and the different aspects of grace and our relationship with God. And today I want to focus on grace versus worship. Let's be honest, we were created to worship. Our first instruction was to worship God and to fellowship in Him. He created us in His image and His likeness so that we can always give glory back to Him. So that when He looks on us, He's like, He created man and it was good and all glory is His. And this is truly the sole reason for our existence. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, who I formed and made, he created us for his glory. And in the same Isaiah 43, 21, he says, The people whom I formed for myself, so that they may declare my praise. God raised us up. He created us to worship him in spirit and in truth. In John 4, 24, it says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when I was thinking about what aspect of our faith I should discuss this Sunday, God brought this word into my heart. He's like, worship me in spirit and in truth. What does this mean in the life of a Christian and nonetheless the life of an intentional bride? What does it, what does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? God desires that we communion with his Holy Spirit, who he sent to be our comforter and friend after his son. And what really this means is that we are able to worship him with understanding that he made the ultimate sacrifice of sending his son Jesus, our reason for grace, and so that we can access him even when we don't deserve it. So it's worshiping him with understanding, worshiping him with the knowledge that he is God, with the knowledge that he is ultimate, with the knowledge that he is Alpha, he is Omega. And when you worship God with the understanding that he in his mercy owes you nothing, but despite that, he loves you and his desire for you and him is to be in relationship. And your relationship looks like worship towards him and he comes through for you with grace. His response is grace. God wants you to worship him with this understanding. So now that you have understanding of worship, what does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? What is, should be the baseline for how you think in that space of worship? You know, at that point when you're like, okay, God, I want to set a time these five minutes or these 10 minutes and come into your throne of grace and worship you. What should be the mindset that you wear? The armor of God um, speaks of the helmet of salvation. And that's usually, I think, the thoughts that you wear in that moment that Jesus Christ died for me. He died for the sake of my sins. He died because of my weakness. And because of that, I have eternal life. And grace is extended 
to me. So what does this mean when I come into the space of worship, into the throne room of God? What kind of mentality should I carry? First things first is there's no condemnation. No one is perfect. We mess up. But what's important is that when we go into his presence, his grace is sufficient for us in our weakness. Paul described it when he said, that he was given to him a messenger of Satan, a thorn in his flesh. And I've talked about this in a previous um, episode, a thorn in his flesh. But the Bible says he prayed to God to remove from him the thorn. Three times he prayed to God, but God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. So there is literally no condemnation for you who is in Christ Jesus. As long as your heart is set on seeking him, asking for forgiveness, asking for his grace to be merciful over your life is no condemnation for you. So the first thing you should do is walk into his presence confident that he loves you. And because he loves you, the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 13 that love covers a multitude of sin. And if love covers a multitude of sin, then you can go into his presence not feeling condemned and cry out to him and say, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my soul. Have mercy. I did not do so good yesterday, but I will do better tomorrow. So there is no condemnation for you who's in Christ Jesus. The second thing that, the second mindset that you should wear is that it's not about you and it's solely about him. Listen, I used to think that worship was a time for me to go into God's presence with my to-do list of things that I needed him to come through for me. Oh God, I don't have this. I would like you to think about this. I'd like you to think about that. I'm not happy about this. Would you deal with this person? Would you, you know, deal with them and let there be consequences for what they've done to me? Or could you possibly just bless me with this, this, and this, and this? And myself, my prayers were so, so, so selfish. And you know, I never used to get, you know, responses as fast as I would like, or I never used to get my prayer and answered so it, it raised a sense of frustration and when the frustration came up I started to feel like God was failing me but I remember one day when I went to before his presence I was like you know what I've prayed about this issue for maybe a year and a half and you ha- it repeated again and it's now almost two years and you haven't come through for me and I just feel like you know it's okay it's okay you don't have to it's not a must you know what in fact if this is what you've decided for my life I'm good and ready to live like this if you we all can't be equal so if for this is my portion I accept it and I receive it and I remember one of the things that he he said was daughter I don't I do not respond the way you expect me to respond. I am spirit. You are man. I respond differently. And the indicators of me in your life do not look like the indicators you're crying out for. The indicator for me in your life is that I am God. And that's it. Period. And the things that are happening in your life do not negate my existence as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords. And that's the first thing you have to understand. And I remember that thing floored me. And I was like, I've been... You know, I've been going into his presence all wrong. I thought I was entitled to go rub this genie bottle and demand, but it really wasn't a case of demand. It was a case of worship. And so I switched it up and I, I started to dec- decree and declare, God, you are worthy. You are, you are everything. You know, you're just, you are God and I am nothing. And if you already know, you already know, me telling you 60 times doesn't make a difference. You already know. So let my worship rise to you as sweet perfume. And whatever you choose to do over my life, I'll be okay with it. And I remember worship actually became a less bitter moment for me, but more of a thing I looked forward to because 
It wasn't about my problems or my situation or the things that I was trusting in him for. It became about me just throwing myself at his feet and saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. If you care about the sparrow, you care for me. If you care, if you dress the lily, then you will dress me away as well. If you feed the, 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 the grass and the lilies and the flowers and whatever, then you care for me. And that, my friends, is when I began to see God's favor. You see, it's never been about you. It's always been about him. And interestingly, God will do it because he wants his glory to come through. And he wants you to be able to go out there and give your testimony that, listen, God came through for me when I least expected it. And that becomes a, a stepping stone for somebody else who's feeling discouraged. And when they call out to God, then God comes through for them. And you get the picture. We are all encouraging each other in this walk. Your worship rises, it wraps up your situation in sweet-smelling perfume, and it raises up to the King of Kings, and he receives it. He already knows. He already knows. So consider it done, but understand it's not about you. So don't find yourself saying, oh, me, I told God. Oh, me, God needs to do this quickly because I'm getting tired. Listen, it's not about you. It's solely about him. The third thing that you need to remember is worship is the main reason you are created to bring glory to your heavenly father. If you buy a phone, you literally know that the, func the functionalities of this phone are A, B, C, D. So you expect this phone to deliver A, B, C, D. If it doesn't deliver on, the, on that front, you're going to take it back and say, oh, it's faulty, it's this and that, and it'll be thrown out. And that is the purpose why we were created for everything that we do may give glory and honor to God. Remember that. Remember that is your main purpose. Purpose has many hearts. Purpose has many forms. But the sole purpose the sole purpose that we all share across the body of Christ is that we bring glory to God. And that's it. The fourth reason is he is beyond comprehension. He is the creator of heaven and earth space. You know, we've only just started seeing people travel into space. I mean, obviously for the last few years, but now we're starting to see more civilians just go for the fun of it. See, you know, see, be in space and come back down, and everybody's excited. But the creator of heaven and earth, the one who says that the Milky Way is in his hands, that, that guy calls you friend. So, you know, when you know, you know, when you know that you're connected to the greatest power that ever existed, and he turns around and calls you friend, he turns around and graces your presence, he turns around and, and graces your heart, he graces your space, he cares about every single thing that happens to you. For me, this is more than enough to have me prostrate on the ground and say, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. So when you know who you know and who you worship, you understand that there is nothing else that matters, only the fact that you should be flat on your face, calling out to this God that he is everything, everything, everything. Then the, the fifth point that's helped me keep going, his presence is necessary for my survival. He is a need. I need him to survive. It isn't even a want. It's not something that I do because it's cute or i need to or it's the right thing to do or you know on sunday they preach to us that we should but to me his presence is necessary for my survival he gives me peace he gives me joy he gives me freedom freedom and i need to feed on his word in worship or i will not make it 
poetry bed has these songs. Uh, what can I do? And one of the sections that really stands out to me is when he says, there's no me without you. There's no me without you. Some of the most anointed singers and preachers out there, they always have a story behind their voice. They have a story behind whatever they're singing. He says, there's no me without me. That stabbed me in the heart because I'm like, there literally is no me without this God. You know, if I was left to my own devices, I'm the type of person that can light my life up in five minutes. There's no ashes left. There's nothing. It's all in the wind. There was just an ex- an, a reminder that, you know, maybe the burn mark on the ground would be like, oh, Adoni was once here. God keeps me on the straight and narrow. God keeps me. He anchors me. I am like a kite. And he holds the other end of that cage. And if he lets go, I'll go, 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 go. By the time guys are finding me, there'll be no remnant. They'll be like, was this a kite? What was this? I need God. I need God. I don't know about you, but God is love. God covers a multitude of your sins. God is the strength you have when you're weak. God is the guy who goes before you even and makes your path straight before you. Some places you didn't even know he accesses, he accesses. God is the one who watches you when you're messing up, when you're making mistakes, but still covers that situations in the hopes that you'll turn it around. God is the only one who has set you apart and put you on the platform that he has put you and said that you are his friend. He loves you. He's interested in you regardless of religion, regardless of belief, regardless of who you are. As long as he created you and his thumbprint is on you, he is interested in you. And today he just wanted me to say to you, I'm looking for worshipers who worship me in spirit and in truth. He's not looking for religious guys. He's not looking for guys who are in the church lifting their hands being perfect. He's not looking for those who don't do any wrong. He's looking for you who's messed up. He's looking for you covered in tattoos. He's looking for you who's broken hearted. He's looking for you who has to drink Friday to Monday to numb the pain and take whatever other things you have to take so that you don't think about your problems. He's looking for you who has to smoke to sleep. He's looking for you who is broken. He's looking for you who people have said that you will be nothing. You will be nothing. And the only thing that he wants from you is worship and true worship. Worship with the understanding that he loves you. Worship with the understanding that you are important to him. That's the only thing he wants on your heart. God, I understand that you're important. I'm important to you. And I understand that you sent your son for me. So what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? He's interested in your messed upness, in your kofef. That's what he wants. That's where he wants to move. He wants to start in there because it's going to be so evident that somebody greater than yourself, greater than your insecurities, greater than anything has checked in and he's turned you around. Anyone can look and see the difference. You're not who you are a few months ago. You're bolder. You're confident. You're full of love. You're full of life. You're peaceful. You're attracting people your way because the one who created heaven and earth now calls you friend. Grace was extended to us when Christ died on the cross. Grace is the reason why God doesn't look at you and think, but yesterday you were in the club, but yesterday you were drunk, but yesterday you were fornicating. Grace looks at you and says, I want you. Come here, my child. I'm interested in you. I will show you 
water where you will never thirst, where you will never lack, where you will never, you will be content. You will drop these clothes of sin and you will wear a garment of praise because the King of Kings is interested in you. These are the last days. These are the days. These are the last days that they talked about all to the Bible. He is coming back. And we're going to be so shocked as to the people who we will find in heaven. Because he is pushing through boundaries and he's reaching out in the depths of darkness. And he's calling out those souls and he's like, listen, I'm interested in you. I want to pray for you who desires this relationship with God. Who wants to access this grace and worship other he's talking about. I pray that God will find you in your space. I pray that he will penetrate that insecurity. He will penetrate that religion. He will penetrate that sin, that invalidation you have. And he will show up and show himself strong in your life. And I pray that he will remind you that God is above all things. And I pray that he will remind you that he is God and you are man and as long as you worship him in spirit and in truth he is there he will show up all you need to say is father in the name of Jesus have mercy on me have mercy on me come into my soul I confess that I'm a sinner I confess that your son died on the cross for me and I confess that I am nothing without you write my name in the book of life remember me remember me transform me renew me and revive me for your name's sake, in Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you can make this space a home for your heart.